God of resurrection, conqueror of death, a ruler over everything, the Lord of lords, the King of kings is Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. You will reign. Let's sing this together. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ, heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus Christ, highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ, heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name. becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Lord thank you Holy Spirit Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be over. 
There's nothing. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free. Shame is You are welcome 
Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God, anoints preachers to teach the Word of God, anoints believers to receive it and have their lives changed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for using me tonight for opening the eyes of the understanding of the people that they'll see things, know things, get answers, and they know how to act on the Word that they hear because you're going to show them. Thank you, Father, for revelation knowledge tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Guys, that was awesome. That was really good. That was really good. Well, tonight we're going to talk about how to successfully live by the laws of the Spirit. How to successfully live by the laws of the Spirit Now we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 4, if you want to turn there. We're going to look at verse 11 through 13. Yeah, Dylan, go ahead and let them know. (laughs) 11 through 13 in in just just a few minutes. But when I'm talking about the laws of the Spirit, we're not talking about like speeding laws or or breaking the laws that uh, man makes. We're talking about laws like, like in the natural realm, God made the law of gravity. And there's the mathematical laws. Mathematical laws always work the same thing, always work the same way, always get the same results when you, when you do what you're supposed to do, when you're adding, subtracting, dividing, multiplying, you always get the same answer when you cooperate with mathematical laws. And, uh, there's, there's so many different things in this natural world that are actually just reflections of what goes on in the spiritual realm. And tonight we're specifically going to be looking at the law, laws of sowing and reaping, but I just want to give you some examples of the Word of God, some more spiritual laws that I thought of just even as worshiping God. Uh, just write this verse down. In Romans chapter 3, verse 27, Romans 3, verse 27, the Holy Spirit talks about the law of works versus the law of faith. And so Christians can either try to work things out in the flesh, they can try to work things out the best they know how to do with their education, with their training, things like that, they come up against problems, or they can put into action the law of faith. And the law of faith is simply, you hear the Word of God, you speak and talk and like the Word of God, and you put actions in life the Word of God, that's the law of faith, how it works. And that's a spiritual law. And then also, Romans chapter 8, 
Verse 2 talks about the law of sin and death versus the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And, and when, I, when I read that chapter, when I study those verses about that spiritual law, ever since the fall of the Garden of Eden, the law of sin and death has been on the earth. That's a spiritual law on the negative side. It's like gravity. It's always pulling you down. How many know that gravity, no matter what you do, if you fall, you're not going to fall up. <laughs> you fall down. You go down. Everything's always been sucked towards the center of the earth, and the law of sin and death is at work out there all the time trying to suck people down and kill them, destroy them, ruin their lives, ruin their homes, ruin their finances, ruin their health. There's always things on the law of sin and death. But Romans 8, 2 says, the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. And that's, that's like an airplane. Why don't airplanes fall? Because of gravity, it's out there sucking them down. But man has learned to put into, put into action the law of lift, the law of thrust. We'll take an airplane up and override the law of gravity. Well, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Tom, can you turn me down a little bit? That thing's really ringing in my ears up here. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will help us right above the law of sin and death. So things going on all around us that people that don't know how to cooperate with spiritual laws, they get sucked under all the time. And then people working right side by side, they make it because they've learned to cooperate with spiritual laws. And, uh, you know, when I think about definition of, of, of natural laws, it works for spiritual laws. Natural laws will work the same way every time without variation if you cooperate with them. You know, there's certain laws of, in chemistry. I didn't really take chemistry in school, but I know there's certain ways you mix certain things. You always get the same product if you mix them right. You mix them wrong, they could hurt you. you. Use chemicals right, they could help you. And so that's the way spiritual laws are. When we, when we learn spiritual laws and we put them into action in our lives, we're going to get the same results that God's Word said we will every time. Every time, without variation. And so <clears throat> I, want, I want to look at Mark chapter 4, and I want to read verse 11 and verse 13. And Jesus said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery, and the Greek says the secret or hidden truth, secret or hidden truth of the kingdom of God, but of them that are without, all these things are done in parables. <clears throat> and what that means is this. People that aren't born again, that try to figure out the Bible with their heads, never understand how it works. And I think about the law of the tithe. Pastor Dave talked about tithe. There's spiritual laws that govern the tithe. When you cooperate with the law of the tithe right, and you don't just have it on your bill counter like, well, we're going to, we're going to pay our bills this month. There's the mortgage. There's the car payment. We're going to pay our tithe as a bill. You're not cooperating with what God set up. God said, if you bring your tithe into the storehouse in faith, expecting God to honor what he said he would do, then God said, I'll rebuke the devourer for you. I'll open the windows of heaven. And that's, that's the law of the tithe. And Jesus said, it's given unto us as believers to understand how this works. Well, you know, if, you go, if, you, if you're having financial trouble and you go to a counselor that's a non-Christian and they look at your bills, they're going to look at a house payment, car payment, whatever else you got, and they'll see that, well, what's this check you make out every week to this church? 
Well, that's not necessary. Take that one off there. These other things are really necessary because they're on the outside looking in and they don't understand the mystery. You understand what I'm saying? They don't understand. They're trying to figure it out with their head. They're saying, well, there's no benefit to that. They're not going to shut your lights off if you don't give something to your church. But if you don't pay your light bill, they'll shut your lights off. Well, if you don't make that house payment, they're going to put you out on the street, but your church's not going to put you out on the street. They don't understand the law of the tithe that you're not giving something to a church. You're paying your tithe to God, and God said, I'll make sure your lights stay on. Amen. God said, I'll make sure you've got a house. I'll make sure you got food. God said that. And so people on the outside don't understand this. And so we're going to look at spiritual laws tonight because we're not on the outside looking in. We're on the inside looking out. And it's a dark world, but it's bright where we are. Amen? And so then verse 13, Jesus said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How then will you know or understand all parables? And so what Jesus is saying here is that when we, when we truly learn and understand spiritual laws and cooperate with them, this is going to make our natural life a whole lot better. He says, it's given us to know the hidden truths, in other words, so we can function in the realm of the Spirit. Now, the real you, the person that received eternal life when you ask Jesus into your heart, forgive you your sins, become a born-again Christian, the real you lives in an earth suit for right now. This is what I want you to get. The real you is living in two realms. The real you lives in the realm of the spirit, but temporarily you're housed in an earth suit functioning in this natural world. And so the real you actually controls what goes on in your life. And Jesus says, give you to know the hidden truth. So when you learn how to cooperate with the spiritual laws God, God, God's given us, then this natural world is going to turn out a whole lot better for you. Amen? And so someday, someday the real you will leave the earth suit and live, live in heaven forever. But for right now, because we have to function in two realms, we need to learn about it. We need to learn what to do so we can navigate through this mess out here and cut through successful every time. That's what we're talking about, how to successfully live by the laws of the Spirit. So the more we know how to live and function in the spiritual realm, we'll determine the quality of life we enjoy or don't enjoy in the natural realm, the physical world. And Jesus said that he, he teaches these things in parables. So he tells them a parable. And a parable, definition of a parable is a natural illustration, something you can see, we can identify with, to help us understand what goes on in the realm of the Spirit. And, you know, we think about what Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Well, when he's talking to fishermen, they knew he wasn't talking about catching some people so he'd clean them and eat them. He's talking about people out here in this, in this sea of humanity. He said, follow me and I'll show you how to catch them for the kingdom of God. So that was a parable he was telling them. And then you take about think about Pastor Dave talked the other night about the wise man built his house. And so he was telling them that in the spiritual realm, just as a man in the natural realm lays a foundation, uses good materials, goes down deep, so when storms come, your house won't blow over. He said, Now in your spiritual life it's the same way. When you hear the word of God, 
and you act on the Word of God and let the Word of God dominate your life, you'll have a good foundation. Then when the storms of life blow, your, your house will still be standing. And so I always gave you natural things to understand spiritual things, how they work. And so uh, it, 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 in uh, Mark chapter 4, most of the chapter is what I call the parable of the sower soweth the word, and Jesus explains the law of sowing and reaping. Before we get back to that, I want to look at Galatians chapter 6, and we'll be coming back to Mark chapter 4. I want to look at Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 7 through 9, and you're probably familiar with these verses, but the more we see these, and understand how they really work that will help you understand everything in life. Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you'll understand it all. And, you know, I, I, th- I think about the expression I use all the time, that's a spiritual, always determines the natural, good or bad. Well, these verses explain that. Galatians chapter 6 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. How many have learned you can't con God? You can't fool God. He knows everything that's going on with you, your thinking, your thoughts, your life, and so you might as well come clean with him all the time. It says, God is not mocked. And then he says, For whatsoever a man or a woman soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And so what he's saying right there is how you live, how you handle your money, how you treat people, how you treat God, how you respond to people. In other words, he's saying whatever you do in the spiritual realm, you're setting up the law of sowing and reaping. And he says, don't be deceived. He said, God will not be mocked. And so I know in my own life, I don't know about you, but I found out this spiritual law works on the positive side as well as the negative side. Amen. You look at a marriage. You know, if the, if the husband's always putting down on the wife, then he reaps a harvest, man, he's not going to have a very good marriage. And then at the same time, if the wife is a putter-doubter and a mean one. She's sowing wrong things there, and it's not going to be a very pleasant marriage. But when one of you decides to be sweet and go the extra mile and do nice things, what you're sowing is what you're going to reap. That's how it's going to turn out in everything that you do. Amen. We're talking about the laws of the Spirit. And so I want to say it again. The Holy Spirit gave it to me this way years ago. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And so that's what he said. He said, you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. In other words, if all you're living for is fun, 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 good life, good life, good life, and you know, I think about over the years, uh, (laughs) as pastors, you see things and you learn things. Over the years, I remember back in Indiana, guy turned out to be my head usher, and he didn't live up, live up to what he told me he was going to do. But he told me, he said, Pastor, said, 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 I'm an IU fan. We're coming into basketball season, so I can tell you now, you won't be seeing me till springtime. 
Well, he was going to sow to the flesh and forget God, forget church, forget what God called him to do and everything. But I noticed he got filled with the Holy Ghost, became a tongue talker, and he was at church more than anybody because he decided he was going to sow to the Spirit. And so he was a very blessed man. And, you know, I think about Robert. Robert's got the same spirit that Mike back in Indiana had. It's the same spirit. There's, there, there, there's an anointing and a gift because you do what God called you to do. And when God calls you to do something, you know, I don't know about you, but I know about me. Nobody hired me to be the pastor of this church. God sent me to be the pastor of this church, and they didn't even have a salary for me when I got here. And, and really, I would have paid them to be here to do what God wanted me to do because I knew God would have supplied the need, whatever it took. But, of course, I get paid and all that kind of thing. But I recognize in serving God, it's not an option. If God gives you something to do, you need to stick with it no matter what. And, you know, if, if you love football better than Jesus, then uh, nothing wrong with football, I guess, except lots of things I see sometimes that I don't like to see. But nothing wrong with football. But if football becomes more important to you than Jesus does, then you're in trouble. Yeah. And, you know, say with baseball or square dancing, I guess. Or whatever it is. When, when things in your life become more important than spiritual things, then you start to sow to the flesh. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying life. But you always got to seek the kingdom of God first. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so God said he'll not be mocked. But then I want you to look then at verse 9 again. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. That means sowing right things. That means loving people, even when they're showing hatred to you. That means blessing people, even when they're cursing you. That means doing what's right on the job if nobody else is. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, in due season, we shall reap. In due season, we shall reap if... We faint not. In other words, if we don't give up, if we don't get discouraged and quit. And so uh, how do we not grow weary and quit when we know we're doing the right thing and obeying what Jesus wants us to do? And, you know, when I see this verse, I always think about this. God would not tell us we'll reap in due season if there wasn't a due season. Amen. There's a due season, or God wouldn't have it in the Bible. But he said there's a qualification, well-doing and not quitting. And, you know, I know I don't know about you. But I, know, I, know, I know in my life, in our life, there's sometimes we've had to go a long time for a due season showed up. And you want to quit? You want to stop? You get tired of people cussing you? You get tired of people stealing from you? You got to get tired of people backbiting and talking about you. And you get tired of tithing and tithing and tithing, giving, giving, giving. It looks like it's not working. But he said, God said, don't be weary at well-doing. Said in due season we will reap if we faint not. And I'll tell you what, some of your biggest growth growth spurts are going to be in that season when it looks like it's broken, nothing's working. But I'll tell you what, by the time due season comes, you're a whole lot taller in the spirit because you learned how to stand. You learned how to be tough in the spirit and not to quit. You learned how to trust God and his word, what he told you to do. Amen? And so we want to look at, we want to look at some, some things about 
how you don't quit. I want you to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That's right at the book of Proverbs. But I want you to see this verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. I love, I, I love all the verses of the Bible. But it's, it's, it's just so... So awesome the way God weaves them all together through the whole Bible for us to understand things. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And so we as we we as believers have to always know that the outward things we see, the four seasons we have on the earth, the seasons of life we live, I mean, you know, you start off, everybody starts off a baby and hopefully gets to live a long time and get to be an old man or old woman. But in between times, there's seasons of life. There's seasons of the year where you're planting, you're having summertime, you're having harvest time, you're having wintertime and resting time. Well, in our life, Every year, we have spiritual seasons going on. There's sometimes during the course of the year, and I've always noticed at New Year's, on New Year's, all of a sudden, it's just like this outward season. All of a sudden, the end of the year is coming, and something happens in the spirit, at least it does in my life. January 1st comes, and all of a sudden, man, whew, man, I'm ready to tackle the world again, man. I got a fresh anointing on me. I got a fresh grace, and I'm ready to go, and then the world gets going. And then by the time summertime comes, you're kind of slowing down a little bit, you know, just kind of coasting and resting. Then by the time Christmas time comes, man, you're just enjoying life and just wait for this thing to happen again. But that, that's spiritual things going on in your life, and you have to cooperate with it. You know, have, have you ever had seasons where you're trying to read the Bible, trying to pray, and just seems like, man, I might as well beat my head against the wall. I'm reading, but it seems like nothing's happening. Well, you're one of those seasons where you're going by faith. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, every time you open your Bible, it's revelation knowledge. Man, everything's jumping off the page and getting in your heart. Well, that's an answer, that's an answer, that's an answer. <clears throat> you come to church and you hear a message, you think, whoa, that was my verse of the day. I put that on Facebook today. And then the next thing you know, you catch a Dr. Barclay or somebody, they're preaching the same thing, man. Everything's just going off like popcorn popping. And then all of a sudden, Everybody's in church saying, oh, the glory's here. And you're thinking, where is it? And, man, if you can't feel God in this place, then I don't know if you're saved or not. And you say, well, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't feel him. Has <laughs> anybody ever been there besides me? Amen. Well, see, there's seasons in our life where it seems a whole lot more anointed than other seasons. But those are growth seasons. That's the time you think that nothing's happening. And so what are you doing? You're coming to church by faith. You're praising by faith. You're testifying by faith. You're serving by faith. And that's, that's when the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight, or we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith, and faith pleases God. And so we have to understand the seasons of life. That's what we're talking about tonight, how successfully cooperate and navigate in the realm of the spirit and so god wouldn't tell us there's a due season if there wasn't and so we understand that there's always these 
different seasons of life going on. So we've got to get settled in our heart and our thinking that everything changes at some point in time. Everything changes. And, you know, I think about, I'll be honest with you, when I'm not looking forward to Newberry Springs, I'm not looking forward to tumbleweed season again. That's a, that's a natural thing of sowing and reaping. <clears throat> and out there in the desert where we live at, I spent, seemed like, all the warm weather last year, nonstop, getting rid of tumbleweeds. And now my property pretty much is cleared of tumbleweeds. And I got my eyes open every day, watching for the first sign. I thought, man, I'm taking care of this rat. Susie shows his head, he's, he's out of here. But that's the way it works. You gotta always be on the alert in the spiritual realm for when the enemy shows up to try to start coming back at you again. Just knowing, knowing that everything changes. And at the same time, as I'm going through those, I'm talking about natural things now, as I'm going through those seeds out there, I know winter time's coming. I know this stuff's out of here. We can kind of coast a little bit through this thing, enjoy things more, get ready for the next season out here. But the spiritual realm, if you're going through a tough time at a rough time, you've got to know there's another season coming called due season. And at the same time, as you're enjoying your harvest time, things don't good in your life, you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. You've got your, you got your antenna up and thinking, I am not going to be blind. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not letting my guard down. I'm going to keep on going to church. I'm going to keep on reading my Bible. I'm going to keep on tithing. I'm going to keep on serving because I know what I sow is what I reap. If I back up, then when the attack comes, I won't be ready. Amen. Amen. Is that good preaching or what? Amen. You got, you got to be ready. And so anyway, what I, what I want to do now is just close out by showing you exactly how you faint not when you're waiting on due seeds. Go back to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we're talking about how to cooperate with the laws of the Spirit. Mark chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verse 26 to 29. This sounds real simple, but the gospel is real simple. You know, think about the law of gravity. You know, I, I know that I heard it explained years ago when I was a little kid in school, what goes up must come down. That's real simple. You know, if you're standing under a, a bucket of dirty water and you throw it up, you better get out of the way because it's going to come down. Amen. And so whatever's going on in life, you have to realize that spiritual laws are going to determine how your life turns out, how your season turns out. So Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29, this is really, really simple. And Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God. He said, this is how the kingdom of God works, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now, Mrs. Pastor and I, found a nice place to, that we got fenced off with chicken wire and things the dogs can't get in, the rabbits can't get in, coyotes can't get around, got a good irrigation system set up. There's one little place we got some seeds planted. We don't see them yet, but I don't know going to be a due season coming. We're going to be eating what comes out of that ground. And so he says that the kingdom of God is just like a man plants seed in the ground. And then what's he do? He sleeps. He gets up night and day. And the seed springs up and grows. He doesn't know how. But he knows that's how it works. 
in this natural physical world, that's how it works. You plant, you plant pea seeds like Mrs. Pastor planted the pea seeds. And now what else did you plant the other day? Green beans. Plant green beans, peas. You're going to get some tomato plants and things like that. Well, we know that's how it works in this natural realm. What you plant is what's going to grow. You water it, you take care of it. And Jesus now tells you this parable said, this is how the kingdom of God works, guys. He says, like a farmer, plants a field. And then what's he do? He goes to bed. He gets up. You know, unless he went, unless he went to agricultural school like one of our sons did, went to college for agriculture, he can tell you how it works. But I can't tell you how it works. I know it works. I don't know all the fancy words and science behind it, but I just know one thing. I went to Home Depot. I got really fancy dirt. I took the old desert dirt out. I put the fancy dirt in, and I got some other fancy stuff to squirt on and spray on it. And I know this, somehow, some way, those seeds under the ground right now, we can't see anything yet. But I know one thing, I got a new season coming. How do I know that? Well, I've planted seeds before. I've seen what happens before. It works. You plant it in the dirt. You get good dirt. You make sure you get water on it. You get sunshine on it. Out here in the desert, not too much sunshine. But you get enough sunshine. i got to plan for the sunshine this year, too. But anyway, you do that, and it springs up, and I don't know how. For the earth, verse 28, bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. And so I know this. This is not corn we got planted, but I know what's going to happen. We're going to see little old green things start coming up out of the ground. And they're going to get bigger and bigger. They're going to see blossoms on them. They're going to see those blossoms start change and turn into the fruit, turn into the vegetable. They're going to change. But they're going to keep growing like that. And you know what? We don't even look at it every day now. I know it's working. We got it planted out there on another part of the property. I got an automatic irrigation system set up on it. I got it adjusted where it's getting just enough water every day. And I don't have to worry about it. I know that it's growing. I don't even think about it. I got other things to do. I don't even think about it. I know I planted the seed. I know it's in the ground. And I know that's seed time and harvest in this natural world, so I know that it's working. And we're talking about what you do while you're waiting on due season so you don't get weary. You be like the farmer. Farmer gets in the ground, he goes about life. He lives his life. And then when he lives his life, I know, I know because of my boys being farmers and things they've been through and how I watched in life, you can start planning and making plans on what you're going to buy after fall time. And then you talk to the people you're going to buy off of. You let them know, I want you to order one of these for me. We got a good crop this year. And when we harvest, I'll pay cash for that new tractor. Well, maybe they don't have anything coming out of the ground yet. But they know it's in the ground. Say, I'll tell you what, due season's coming, and I'll pay you when it's due because I'll have it. That's how faith works. That's, that's, that's the law of the spirit. That's the law of sowing and reaping. 
you know that when God says, if you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, then this will happen for you. And so anyway, then he says, verse 29, that when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put them in the sickle because the harvest has come. Due season showed up. He planted that at work. And so real simply, Jesus said, and this is what I'm telling you, as a Christian, talking to you, that's living for God, it may look like right now, springtime in the spirit, you got stuff planted, and it looks like it's never going to grow up. Or maybe you're a little further towards summertime, and the spiritual realm, your little plants are out of the ground, but they've stopped growing. And they're just kind of sitting there right now where there's things happening inside of that you can't see. Those blossoms, we're talking about spiritual now, those blossoms are starting to get ready to turn into fruit. But then you've got to let that fruit develop. As that fruit develops, there's going to come a point in time that you know in your heart it's harvest time. And so Jesus said, be as trusting as a farmer. Know that when you hear God's word on any subject, faith comes. In that Romans ten seventeen, no matter what the subject, whether it's job faith, marriage faith, trained up children faith, financial faith, healing faith, favor God faith for a court case, whatever it is, when you hear the word of God, that God's word says you have faith now. And so when faith comes, you begin to speak God's word. You're cooperating with the laws of the Spirit. You begin to sow the right words, sow the right actions. You begin to speak God's Word, and then whatever God shows you to do to act on the words you're speaking, then you put action to it. James 1.22 says, don't be deceived, be a doer, not a hearer only. And so, so you act on the Word, and then you've already activated the law of sowing and reaping. So when the farmer plants, he just cooperates with it, he doesn't worry about it. Oh, it's not growing this time. It's not working. He sleeps. He gets up. And he knows harvest time's coming. And so to safely and successfully navigate through the laws of the Spirit, just know, be like the farmer. If you're doing what God said to do, it's working. Amen. Harvest time coming. Pastor Dave. All right. Praise the Lord. What a good word, man. I took a bunch of notes on that. <laughs> you know, it's so awesome to realize that the spiritual laws are just as real as the natural laws, just like the laws of gravity and the, the laws of, of fire and water and all this stuff. Hey, those are laws of the natural, but we've got spiritual laws and they work every time if we will do them the right way. Amen. So awesome stuff. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. We want to remind you, men, that uh, Saturday is the men's meeting. What time is it? It's 9 o'clock. That's right. What are we going to be doing other than reading our Bibles? Eating donuts. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. We'll be eating donuts, reading our Bibles, and, you know, doing other manly things. I don't know. 
grunting. I don't know. So praise God. Good for that. And I also want to remind you, membership class is next Sunday night, March 14th, 4 to 7 p.m. The sign-up sheet is back there at the info booth right by Mr. Nick Alva. All right. See, Nick? Hey, go sign up for membership class and say hey to Nick while you're at it. All right. So praise God for all that. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow, but first I want to pray over you, and we're going to bless you tonight and send you on your way out into the cold, windy night, all right? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight, and God, we know it's true that we will reap in due season if we faint not. If we don't give up, Lord, we will reap the harvest. And so, God, I pray for every person here tonight to be encouraged in Jesus' name, Lord. Let us take this word in our hearts and let us uh, absolutely work the word. Let us not give up. And we know, God, that you will come through every single time. And Lord, we know that you keep us safe everywhere we go. So thank you, Lord, that as we go back out to work or school or wherever tomorrow, you are with us and your angels surround us every step of the way. Lord, I speak the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, Lord, divine health and healing and prosperity over every household in here tonight. We thank you for it, Lord. You are good. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's do this. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you Sunday.